Welcome to the Tearing It Up podcast. I'm your host, Taryn. We'll be tearing it up, tearing it down, and tearing it apart, dissecting all things related to those who deviate from the standard. From leaders of their industry to leaders of mediocrity, and maybe a gear review or two thrown in. We shoot the shit and let the conversations flow, so if that's not your style, this may not be for you. Otherwise, listen in. Hope to light a fire in you somehow. Do that. So, okay. Hi, everybody. I am, as I said, always excited for an episode, but this one is extra special to me because, one, we're at Swell, made it to the Outsprings event, Swell, that we've been talking about for months, and it was like by the skin of my teeth that I made it here, but I did. I'm missing Amber, but I'm happy to be here, and I'm super happy to have the guest with us right now, Sensi Graves. So I'm going to tell you why this is like extra special for me is because even before I started the podcast, I had a list of people that I'd like to have on my podcast. And I had two categories. One was like low hanging fruit, um, which would be either just, you know, friends that I look up to have a successful business and whatnot. And then there were some people that just was titled someday. And like, okay, after I really get a name or get this thing going, I can maybe ask that person. And Sensi Grays was one of those people on that someday list. And when I found out she was going to be a speaker here at Swell, that's when I was like, okay, I've got nothing to lose, whatever, I'm going to ask her. Like, I'll see her at this event, I'll get to meet her in person. So maybe, you know, she'll say, I don't know, and meet me in person, fall in love, and we can have the conversation. (laughs) But she said yes, like, let's do it. And we decided we're going to wait till the event to try and do it in person. So... Again, we don't get to do a lot of interviews in person, so another like cherry on top of it all is that I get to sit next to you and do it. So Sensi Graves, she is a professional kiteboarder and has a sustainable swimwear line um, that she created on her own and runs. And I am going to turn it to you now, Sensi, to to introduce yourself. Thank you so much. I'm stoked to be here, making dreams come true. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love hearing that. My name's Sensi, and I'm a Hood River, Oregon resident, been there for a decade. I'm a professional kiteboarder. I founded Sensi Grave Swim, which is a made-in-the-U.S. sustainable swimmer line for active women. And I'm also an inspirational speaker and mentor, and I mentor on business and confidence. And my mission in the world is to help people that look successful on the outside feel successful on the inside. I love that because I was actually just having a conversation with um, the neighbor next to me, the tabling neighbor, Christine Reed, who I hope to talk to as well, um, kind of about that, about, like, I don't sell myself very well, but I love building other people up. Um, So I might have to talk to you more about getting that, like, confidence and building that and talking to you on that realm of things. Um, And so we'll get there. We'll get to that part in your story. I want to learn more about kiteboarding how you got into kiteboarding and how you know your swimwear line came about from that and how you got to being a speaker today so where when did you start kiteboarding obviously you're from hood river no i grew up in northern california so yeah let's let's chunk it down start at the beginning i started kiteboarding relatively late i was 18 years old when i first learned my dad had a wild hair idea and was like i'm gonna go learn to kiteboard And then the next summer, I have three brothers, and he was like, we're all going to learn to kiteboard. And I was like, what? (laughs) I've never even heard of this sport. (laughs) I'm from Northern California. Originally, I was going to school in San Diego. And uh, we went out to North Carolina for a week, learned to kiteboard. I loved it. 
and kept in touch with the school that we had learned at and over the next two years kind of kiteboarded here and there wasn't super into it was in college and then they were looking for coaches hiring kiteboarding instructors and I said that sounds like a fun summer job and I honestly think they were talking more to my brothers than to me when they were like hey we're we're looking for coaches Uh, but I was like yep Sign me up. So actually, my older brother and I moved to North Carolina in between the summer of my junior and senior year of college. And it's not an over-exaggeration to say that kiteboarding has given me everything. Everything from my life and from that point, my my husband, where I live, all of my businesses, I have multiple businesses, um, the community, it's just a phenomenal sport and I can't say enough good things about it in the community. I love that. I have never been kiteboarding. Um, I've never even been wakeboarding. I've been wake surfing once. I love the water and I identified in my mind as like a surfer, but I never was, but I was like, Oh my God, in an alternate life, I would love to have been like born and raised in Hawaii and just like a surfing gal and be in the water all the time. I was in the water all the time, like fishing for salmon, Mm. but (laughs) not like surfing. And I've always looked at kiteboarding and thought like that, looks awesome because anything with water I want to do and so to me just watching you do this sport that was so foreign to me just put it even more up on it like wow look at what she's doing that seems so untouchable to me Mm. Um, and also I mean that sport obviously depending on where you're from but I think compared to a lot of other sports people know about a lot of people don't know about kiteboarding or how how big it is or that there's competitions and and things like that so I feel like being a woman in a sport especially that's not super well known um was just even another like awesome thing and hurdle that you probably had to get over so especially you just said like it was probably your brother that the guy was talking to about being a coach and and you were like, nope, I'm going to do it. Were there other women coaches or were you the first or only? There were other women coaches, but way more men than women. And still the industry is very male dominated. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I was just at a trade show for kiteboarding a two, week, two weeks ago. And it was 90% men. It was crazy. Wow. One, of my, one of my friends came and we were at the industry party one night where they were doing all these awards. And she was looking around and she was like, what the? I can't even believe this industry. Because she kites, but she was like all of the manufacturers and the brands and all of the reps, all of the higher um, leaders and companies are men. Yeah. And so um, that's, that's defined definitely my career a lot and mm-hmm. just really pushing for women's empowerment and representation in the sport and equal pay. In my last few years of competing, I no longer compete in kiting, but I competed for a decade. In my last few years, we finally got equal prize money, like the last year I think we had equal prize money in um, some of the competitions but it's still very much a male-dominated sport so um so after that year of coaching um when did you start competing not um that long after honestly but it was kind of a right place right time not to say that I wasn't good and I didn't put in the effort but I actually never wanted to be a pro kiteboarder Mm -hmm. it wasn't my aspiration my aspiration was to start a swimmer company I wanted to be an entrepreneur okay but I was, I had met my husband, my now husband, and he was a pro kiteboarder and I started traveling with him and attending competitions, not competing, mm-hmm. but training. And like, we go to Brazil in the winter and train. Wow. And then 
I started getting better and people were like, you should compete. You should compete. And I was like, I don't, I really, I don't want to, mm-hmm. like, I don't feel good enough. Yeah. I don't feel like I, I, I learned to kiteboard four years ago. I don't feel like I am good enough to compete. What are you talking about? But there are very few women competing. And once again, I was kind of right place, right time. And so I started competing and then I started doing well. And <laughs> as I say, the rest is history. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I think we all feel that a lot is like imposter syndrome kind of is what it sounds like, but that didn't really have a name then. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of a newer term, but you're doing this and you don't think you're good enough because you've only done it for this many years. And maybe your husband who was just your boyfriend at the time. Yeah. Like how long had he been doing it before competing? Quite a while. Yeah. So I feel like we put those things on or we see professional athletes, like when we think about traditional sports of football, basketball, baseball, whatever, the story always goes of they, they were born with a bat in their hand or football in their hand, whatever. They played this sport all through their lives. So that means they deserve to be a pro athlete. And when you think like, oh, I've only done this for a couple years, especially I feel like as women, you're like, so I don't have enough under my belt. I don't have enough experience. I haven't gone through this or that to deserve to be professional, but if you're good and Mm -hmm. you can just be naturally good or put the work in to be good, like why not? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's so hard to think that yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So once you get in there, I feel like even too competing, did it, when did you become pro? Mm. Gosh, what year actually was it? Now I cannot recall. My first big kite competition was 2012, I think, or 2013. Um, and then shortly thereafter, I got sponsored. And then it was a couple of years after that when I actually started getting paid. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> that's what I consider pro. You're, yes. you're getting paid. Um, but it was all that while like I said, battling this idea of I'm not good enough. And, um, I would, when I wouldn't win, I would be really hard on myself and I couldn't deal with that failure. And I didn't want to be seeing those looking stupid. Yeah. And it was a whole thing. Yeah. So, um, honestly, the majority of my competing career was pretty miserable. I mean, it was having fun and yeah. traveling the world and that was awesome. And meeting all the same friends all over the world in different places and hanging out together. And it was amazing. And I, did not enjoy that. Like you just didn't let <laughs> I was yourself just too, enjoy it because exactly. you're just being too hard on yourself. Yeah, exactly. I shouldn't be here. I don't deserve to be here. Yeah, I mean, I kind of grew out of that, you okay. know, after I'd been competing for a long time. Yeah. But there was always that, like, when you don't win, mm-hmm. and even if you feel like you did well, but you don't even make it on the podium, you know, I, I would get second, third, fourth, um, and uh, not claiming that top spot was tough. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. Just being someone who's hard on myself and kind of growing up with a parent who is like, even if we won, the first thing was I love my dad dearly. And I do think that a lot of this like really built my character. I don't hold any resentment, but it was frustrating at times. That it was like, okay, but here's what you did wrong. Mm. It's like, well, first say congratulations, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, good job. But like, let's not immediately go have a conversation about how I can do better yeah. or like win faster or better or whatever like can we just be happy I won because I'm tired yeah um, but and I know he was I know he was and it was just uh constructive criticism but I, I do feel like so I am still hard to myself playing mm. adult co-ed softball like <laughs> mad at an error like striking when, out you know, there's a certain element of competitiveness yeah. which is good and yep. that drive which is a 
excellent and just having the grit and resilience to put in the effort mm -hmm. because you're not going to get better unless you put in effort. Yep. Um, and it's formative. I mean, competing is, I think, uh, an amazing privilege and super formative for my career. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, not <laughs> not an easy, not an easy time. No. Yeah. So, who was your first sponsor? Liquid Forest Kiteboarding. Okay. Uh, do they make b the boards? Yeah. Okay. They I used feel to like make tights as well. Oh, okay. Okay. Now they've gone out of business actually, but they are still a wakeboarding company. Okay. So the kite division has shut down, but wakeboarding's still going. Like I feel like I've seen the name. I'm before. sure you have. They're big yeah. in wakeboarding. Yeah. I like I said, I didn't wakeboard but my growing up my brother's like best friends had awesome. a boat and did and so yeah, I just remember seeing the name a lot. But um that's just after you competed for a decade. Yeah. So just like last year. Is 2020. Okay, okay, 2020. Because all the competition shut down, and I was like, Phew, oh. this is a perfect time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not coming back. <laughs> How do you feel, like, leaving that? Because a lot oh. of people – oh, yeah, go ahead. Well, actually, I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah, but I wanted no. to share one more thing about yeah, that absolutely. time period, which was I was running my swimmer company the whole time. Uh -huh. And a lot of the internal struggle I was having was, would I be doing better if I would just focus on one thing? Yes. Oh, my God. Right? I yeah, think so. I have that thought <laughs> daily. <laughs> like, I've always kind of resonated with like a Jane of all trades, master of none. But mm. then I'm like, should I try to be a master of one? Yeah. Or, but I, I can't. I, I just, I can't focus on just one thing. There's too many things I love. Yeah. So. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily the way to go about it because obviously for me it was really amazing and yeah. I wouldn't be where I am without having the the kite career mm -hmm. and without having the swimmer company they really built on one another but when I was in the thick of it and I would be at kite competitions and answering customer service emails on the side and my friends are not doing that at all yeah not focused on that and they're just like having fun I was just like, man, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> Not feeling really successful in either, but really trying super hard. Yeah. So actually, let's let's get into that. Because when did you, you said you wanted to uh, like have a swimwear company. That was the goal before kiting came along. What were you going to school for? Were you going to school for business or no. fashion or anything? No. Okay. okay. <laughs> I went to school for communications. Okay. <laughs> and so I had no business background, no marketing background, no fashion background. I ordered fabric from New York. I sketched designs in my little notebook, ordered some fabric from New York, found a woman to sew up the suits, and slowly just put one foot in front of the other. Wow. And it was really this grit uh -huh. and they the saying that goes how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time that was like okay I'm gonna do this thing I said I was gonna do it uh -huh. as soon as I told people that I was gonna do it I was like all right well I told people I was gonna do it now I have to do it yep and so it was just a really slow build but I do want to emphasize initially I think I was doing it because I wanted to prove something. Uh -huh. And so it took me a long time to come around to getting to that central core of why, mm -hmm. which I know now what it is. Um, that's something that's stronger than just like, oh, I'm trying to prove that I can do it. Yeah. Um, because when you come from a place of service and a place of this is helpful for people and I really believe in what I'm doing, it changes everything. Right. And I didn't realize that and I didn't come to um, – that core why for a really long time in my business, probably eight or nine years. Wow. 
Yeah, we've talked about that a few times through different subjects of your why, knowing your why from like very simple things in the day of setting a goal. Like, why is your goal? We just recently on a podcast, we had a financial expert on Tanya Schultz. That was a big conversation of even just getting out of debt is like, why? So you can stay out. And so having your why for like anything is so important. But often I think we get sucked into the proving part Mm -hmm. of whether it was you said you were going to do it or someone doubted you and you just have to prove it to them or yourself um but without a why it just becomes kind of a a vicious cycle I feel like of of burning yourself out and for no reason for yeah for no reasons like what you're if you're not enjoying it and I'll share one thing um about the proving of self because I finally learned to be proud of myself after almost a decade of running a swimwear company and being a pro kiteboarder and I'll share that story, which was at the end of 2019, I, I'm part of an accountability group. So we do every year like a re- review of the year and what went well, what we can improve upon, all the things, what we're celebrating. And at the end of 2019, obviously we're moving into 2020, new mm-hmm. decade. So I was doing a couple of different coaching things and the prompt was do a decade in review. Okay, we're moving into a new decade. So do a whole decade in review. And I did a lot of pre-work before our retreat. And I went through all my old journals and all my social media, and I wrote down everything that I was proud of, everything I was celebrating, everywhere I traveled, like so many different prompts, all this stuff. And we get to the day of the retreat, and I'm in this small group with a few other women, and the facilitator's asking some poignant questions. And I just remember I had all of the decade out in front of me, and I just was completely overwhelmed with emotion and felt a stab in my heart and burst out crying and had to excuse myself for 20 minutes because it was in that moment that I realized two things. Number one, I was like, wow, I am really proud of the woman I've become. Look at all this stuff I've done over the past decade. Amazing. I'm so proud of myself. And number two, and this was the painful part. I was like, I've never let myself feel that way. Oh, wow. I'm that gave me goosebumps. Yeah, that is like now. Yeah. Because I've been, you know, I was like, wow, I'm the only one that can feel proud of myself. And yeah. here I am trying to prove. Here I am looking for accolades other places. Here I am trying to get people to tell me they're proud of mm-hmm. me. And I'm the only one that can step into that and realize that. That is just like I said, wow. Like one hundred percent, like to the core. Cause I feel that. Like just looking for validation elsewhere mm-hmm. like okay I can be somebody you know I've had I have my personal training business um but that's definitely on the back burner and this and just things that I've done but I feel like oh what am I like who am I doing all this for and why am I doing it mm-hmm. and if I'm not getting like to this point is it worth it but to me it is because like I want to do it yeah but I, I've gone through so many peaks and valleys of those of wondering like why like no one cares no yeah. one like no one's like stabbing me on the street not that I want them to but you know I'm just like I feel like I've put so much work in and no one notices but mm. it's like I just need to be the only one yeah that notices or you know like has I yeah. have my why but also I'll say something to that which is um if you think no one cares that's actually freeing because yeah. everyone's just walking around yeah. doing their own thing <laughs> I know That's you've true. been on a Zoom call. Yeah. Where do you look 90% of the time? You look at yourself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone just looking at themselves. Yeah. And that's like, okay, I can do whatever I want. That is because so true. actually no one really cares. Yeah. And all I need to do is show up in the best way I know with yep. the most intention that I have mm-hmm. and really 
have low attachment to everything yeah. else. One of my mentors says high intention, low attachment. Have Ooh. high intention with what you're doing and low yeah. attachment to the outcome because we can't control it. Yep. You can only do so many things, mm-hmm. but the goal is not guaranteed. No yeah. matter if you you know set up everything, do all the manifestations, sometimes things just aren't meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or the timing, right? And is the that right? timing and is all right. of a sudden, years later or something, it's like, oh, this is it. Like, I've talked about that just as far as like where I'm at in life, except kind of looking at the last <clears throat> decade of like something I've been dreaming about forever is to be able to work remotely. Mm. I mean, for years I wanted a podcast and it's like, okay, well, like, what am I doing now? Yeah. Podcasting and working remotely, not completely full time yet, but it's like, it's happening, but we're, we're just in this society that we talk about a lot too of instant gratification. So if it doesn't happen, the moment you say you want that, it feels like, oh, all for naught. Yeah. Or like, how long is this going to take? You know, six months, a year? Like, we think that's so long, but it's like, no. We still need, especially because of influencers, I feel yeah. like, and Instagram things where people are just getting rich so quickly off this or that, you think that that's just how things go. It's like, no, we still need to put time in. Like you said about competing, it it ingrains those kinds of things into you, of like working hard to get somewhere and get something. I feel like our society is kind of losing touch with that work ethic mm-hmm. part or working hard. And you just, if you don't see it right away, you get disappointed or kind of mm-hmm. stop doing it. But it's like, if it's something you want, you have to keep chugging because when the timing is right, as cliche as it sounds, it will yeah, work out. Totally. It will work out when it's meant to be. Yeah. And that's like, how can you create more trust in the process and in yourself? Yep. Like really trusting yourself. And that has been one of the biggest things for me has just been investing in myself. Yeah. Honestly, just being like, okay, I'm going to hire the coaches. I'm going to hire the mentors. I'm going to do trainings. Mm-hmm. And then you, you grow your confidence and you feel more capable and you know that you can handle the ups and downs of life right. because there's going to be downs Yep. and it's freaking hard. Yes. It's really hard being a human uh-huh. and it's hard starting your own business. It's hard, all the things, but we have tools that we can utilize to help us mm-hmm. remain in the equanimity of, I'm in my heart and I'm in my soul. And no matter what happens, I will be okay. Yeah. And that's so important. And we, Amber, my co-host, she says that all the time, like being a human's fucking hard. <laughs> like it, when I you said that time. last night, yeah, I was just like, oh my God, I so wish she was here because that is like, yeah. she just brings it back to that all the time. And like, that is something that everyone can resonate to. You know, the human experience is happening to all of us. We had a conversation earlier here, a couple gals and I, about when stuff's happening to you, you feel like it's only happening to you. And, um, and it's not, and we have to remember that so we can keep pushing through it and find people, you know, sometimes to relate to. Just know you're not alone, mm-hmm. uh, even when it feels like you are. Um, so, Sensi Swim, that was going like, it sounds like pretty close to the beginning of your kiteboarding career. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, I started before I, well, I was kiteboarding, I was coaching, but when I started it, I was not competing. Okay. So it was first. And that's why I said, okay. my, my dream was always to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. It was not to be a pro kiteboarder. Yeah. <laughs> Which, um, you know, initially I didn't even want to tell people that because I was like, this makes it sound like I kind of just fell into this and didn't really have to try that hard. Uh, And obviously it was a lot of hard work and and effort and um, privilege. Yeah, absolutely. So um, with kiteboarding and you mentioned how, you know, everything that you do now and have kind of stems from that. So you just have this connection to it. But some people, especially athletes, they identify with that and only that and can have a hard time moving out of it. And it sounds like since you created so much from it that you didn't lose a sense of identity when you stopped competing, but 
did you at all? Like, how was that process? That is a great point and a great question because my best friend and my husband both went through that identity thing because they both were, I don't want to say only pro-kiteboarders, right? But that was all they were focused on and doing. And so when they both transitioned out of competing, um, they definitely had that feeling. And I don't know if I haven't gone through that because I have so many other things that I'm passionate about. Or because I'm still sponsored and, you know, still get paid. So okay, yeah. <laughs> I still identify with that. Yeah. You're not <laughs> so fully, you're out of yeah. competing, but you're still yeah. in the So it's in the really world. the best yeah. of both worlds. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> Talk to me in maybe five years. Yeah. I don't know. Why can't I be a... Why can't I be a 45-year-old pro Kuiper? I don't know. Why like, not? What? I mean, so. I think we need exactly more of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Women, like, older than 25 being yeah. pro athletes in any sport. Um, and, you know, women, at, like, becoming moms. You know, there's a lot of skiers and snowboarders, I feel like, out there now who are able to keep their sponsors. They're becoming moms, and they're still getting to do their thing and be a pro athlete. And yeah. it's like, because That's we're just awesome. taught as women, like, okay, you know kick the can at 30 for sure yeah. and like don't even try but it's like we know we should still be able to live our lives with yeah whether it's with families or without or just getting older just as much as the men can yeah like if no one blinks an eye at some again like major league baseball player nfl player like being in their 40s and or having kids yeah yeah so like why why does it have to be a thing for women? Why does their age matter at all? Yeah. Also, women get better like, as we <laughs> age. Like, it's just, like, true. And after having kids, you know, they talk about mom strength or things mm. like that. Like, 40s, from everything I hear, is, like, Boom things 30s. just get, like, yeah. <laughs> better. I mean, you can get stronger. It's, like, a fine wine or whiskey. Yeah. Like, it doesn't – it's not over at all. No. Like, that's when women reach their peak at endurance sports mm. a lot. And so – yeah, why are we taught that at this age you should stop pursuing it? Yeah. And for any brands or anything out there too, like these are the women that you women that you should be sponsoring so that other women can see them as a role model. Mm-hmm. Like I want to have role models mm-hmm. my whole life. Mm-hmm. I always want to look to women older than me mm-hmm. that can that I'm like, okay, you're still doing the thing, whether they're a year older, two years, ten years, whatever. I want to know that my life doesn't have to end mm-hmm. at a certain age or my life has to take a hard left and I have to mm-hmm. start doing, you know, walks. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I want to still know I can mountain bike, yeah. snowboard, snowmobile, like learn how to kiteboard yeah. at 35. Why not? Yeah. Like, why would I think that like I'm too old to start anything? Yeah. So that's, yeah. Keep, <laughs> keep riding that wave. Yes. I hope that just lasts for you for Thank forever. You. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got kiteboarding, you've got Sensi Swim. How and where did the speaking come from? Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know you went to school for communication. So has that been something that's always kind of been on your mind too? No, or? definitely not. It really started um, kind of like 2019 as well, 2018, when I first started kind of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did Toastmasters um, for a number of years just to develop as a brand speaker and be the face of my brand. Quick little interlude story when I named my company Sensi, I didn't actually want to be the face of the brand. I was just like, it's just an amazing day. Yeah, you know, I was totally. like, it's, it's Sensi. Cause it was just initially Sensi. And then like a year in, there's a sandal company called Sensi out of Italy. And they called me up and they were like, you can't use it. So no I had way. to, I had to change it to Sensi Graves. Oh. And that really made me step in and become the face of the brand with 
which ended up being a really good thing. But initially I was like, no, no, no. Like, I don't want people to look at me like that. No. Um, And so that's been really growing and stepping into my power through that. And so a couple of years into my business, one of my mentors had suggested I do Toastmasters, which if anyone doesn't know, it's a public speaking club worldwide. Super um, affordable and really helpful. So if anyone wants to improve their communication skills, I think speaking is an amazing skill. We should all be developing it. Yeah. Anyway, and then um, it actually started when I got tired of Instagram and I got tired of promoting myself mm-hmm. and my brand and I wanted to serve more mm-hmm. and I wanted to educate people and I wanted help. And so I started sharing my story and sharing more about how I didn't feel good enough and how I didn't believe in myself and all the things, confidence issues, and people started really resonating with it. And they said, wow, okay, we didn't know you felt the way. And I was like, well, uh, you know? <laughs> People are looking People at me don't like, know what they don't know. Yeah, exactly. Don't it looks really shiny on Instagram, yeah. but on the mm-hmm. inside, I was mm-hmm. not feeling amazing. Yeah. And so started sharing that. And then in 2019 or 2020, mm-hmm. excuse me, when we obviously had COVID, I was like, oh my God, is swimmer sales going to go down? What am I going to do? And I had done like a, a develop your own course. course. Oh, yeah. With, I've with, seen with this. one of my yeah. friends. Yeah. <laughs> one of my friends and I did it. Um, I don't know, even remember exactly why we did it, but. I, so I built my own course because I was like, okay, in case bikinis go under, <laughs> I'm going to do yeah. something, something else. And then I, you know, made curriculum and uh, developed a programming called Believing Yourself, still available. Go check it out, sensigraves.com. And then uh, I was teaching that more and was like, okay, actually, I, I want to, I've been really inspired by motivational and inspirational speakers mm-hmm. and I love listening to a good speaker and I get so much out of it. And as I was speaking more and teaching more, I was like, I love teaching. I love input. I love leading a group. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's scary. I still get nervous every time I go on stage. And I love impacting people. And I was like, I believe in this message so much. And that goes back to the why why I'm doing it. It's not about me. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't care if I look, obviously my ego cares if I look stupid on stage. (laughs) If I fall down, whatever. If I forget the whole speech, my ego cares. But I know that the reason that I'm doing this, I'm like, even if I affect one person in the audience, it's mm-hmm. worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, and I, because I believe in it so much, mm-hmm. it's easy for me to sell and to talk about it because I know, I'm like, this is helpful. People need to know this. Absolutely. <laughs> and I feel like that, you know, that's not just like a, hey, get rich quick kind of scheme. You are teaching people how to find their confidence. And I think that if you have that true confidence and just positive energy, like that radiates out of you. So if you affect one person who's listened to your talk, they, if they can build that confidence enough, like that eventually will come out of them to someone else. It's exactly. just like a line. It's just going to snowball into like more yeah. and more people. Like you're help, you're going to help them down the line, inspire others too. Yeah. Um, so it's just something that you could never see how far yeah. the growth goes and how far the reach goes which is pretty phenomenal yeah absolutely that's amazing so um what kind of obviously we're here at swell which is uh, an outdoorsy women's weekend gathering what other kind of events do you do do you do things like this or like conferences with corporations what kind of speaking things are you a little bit of conference mm-hmm. corporations a lot of women's leadership groups mm-hmm. Um, I actually mentor a lot of women. Uh, that's another one. My business is the mentoring and speaking kind of goes together. Um, women in tech because oh, it's wow. overcoming imposter syndrome or women in male dominated fields yeah, in general. Okay. So, um, I speak to those types of groups and also athletes, female athletes. That's what I was going to yeah. ask. Like, how about that group? Cause that's gotta be a huge one too. Again, of, uh, I think 
these days, you know, there's a lot more talk. And again, brands sponsoring women at different stages of life uh, that we didn't see, you know, a decade ago or whatnot. But still, I think a lot of women athletes get to a stage, whether it's early in their career, middle, late, whatever, that go through the same stage as anyone else of like, losing that confidence mm-hmm. or or never having found it because like it, it took you a long time to find it and mm-hmm. you were still going through the motions without it and no one would have thought mm-hmm. no one would have thought like oh since he doesn't have any confidence like yeah. she's just like a badass but like inside you're like yeah no there's still something not like yeah. lit like so that's amazing to be able to spread that to all sorts of people mm-hmm. too I think so many that's the beautiful thing is people from tech to professional athletes can yeah. like relate to this yeah. and that's amazing yeah so today you've got all three you're just kiting for fun mm-hmm. and uh, essentially i'll actually so <laughs> tahoe mountain sports yeah. uh we have actually carried yeah. some of your swimwear yeah. Yeah. when our buyer brought that in i was like oh my god because <laughs> awesome. I, I have no idea you know they just they, they do their thing. And yeah. so when I saw it arrive at the store, I was like, oh, my God, how did you find out about Sensei? Like, obviously, she's a, just a genius who knows a lot of things about apparel and stuff. But I was so excited to see it. And that, too, is like, oh, my God. OK, yes, another <laughs> connection where maybe that can get me closer to talking to her in person. <laughs> so um, I have some of your swimwear. It's in stores. Do you have your own brick and mortar or are you just wholesale? No. Yeah, mostly on online. Okay. We do mostly in co- e-commerce and then partner with small uh, mom and pop shops and strategic partners cool. around the country. Very cool. And that's uh, so just between that and speaking now is kind of your full-time. Yeah, and then doing. kiting as well. I still get paid. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because you're still sponsored. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, when you mentioned what you considered pro earlier, it was like once you start getting paid. I loved that because – being in the outdoor industry and just like an athlete through different uh, sports in my life, it's been interesting, especially in the snowboard industry, to hear what some people's ideas of pro is, and yeah. it's just competing. I'm like, you haven't actually ever placed in a competition. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. like, you know, some sponsorships these days too, like ambassadors are very different than sponsorships yeah. and or getting like sent one thing um so it's always interesting to me here like to hear what people consider pro because like to me it'd be like that's how I'm living like that's how I can afford the food on my table is like through that sport but you know it's all relative I think like whatever if you want to yeah say you're pro (laughs) like that's all up to you but yeah so that was your your bread and butter um mm-hmm. and was well, i shared and last Sensi. night yeah and yeah. Sensi, and i was waitressing oh, yeah. yeah i shared last night that the first six years of my business i waitressed yeah because i wasn't making enough money mm-hmm. at either thing and mm-hmm. was and that's what really like the, with the confidence i was like i don't feel successful yep because i'm already working two jobs i gotta work a third job yeah. to make as much money as i want to be making um but uh, once again as i mentioned last night in my speech there is nothing wrong with hard work and mm-hmm. that's super admirable and to be able to work is such a privilege and to be not in a hustle culture I don't believe in that but yeah. just putting it in the in the hard work to make your dreams work yeah you, you know? gotta it's do like, what you gotta you do gotta, yeah because I didn't want to stress about money mm-hmm. and to order to have my nervous system be like okay I was like I'm making money over here so that I can invest in my dreams yeah I love that because the hustle culture thing obviously is so big and I feel like the society is trying to take a huge step back from it yeah. and be like, no, you don't need to do that. But then you fall in this category of like, okay, but to feel comfortable, I have to take this side job or do something. But I feel like there's this gray area now of like, no, don't be in hustle culture. Don't, don't feed that machine. But you're like, but like I said, it 
to not be stressed. I'm stressed financially often. Mm -hmm. That stress is like something you can't get rid of. So if having that side job allows you to take some of that stress off your shoulders, you know, just think about it like in a temporary sense too. And we talked about in our financial episode, it's like, you don't have to be thinking I'm going to be here forever. Like it's a temporary thing. And like you said, to fund your dream. So if you have that goal on the horizon still, like your why, Mm -hmm. then like, That'll get you through it. That'll, you know, be part of what gets you through it. There's nothing wrong with hard work. I think there's a difference between hustle and And hard work and being willing to put in the effort Mm -hmm. um, for what you want and what you believe in and not running yourself ragged, you know, doing all the self-care things, taking, sleeping enough, eating enough, all those basics. That's the, I think the opposite of the hustle, yeah. which is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to work hard, but also I know I'm going to take care of myself so that I can show up. Yeah. Because you can't show up if you're running yourself ragged. And I believe that's what hustle culture is about, mm-hmm. like running, burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. That's a very good point. Finding that, again, a word I don't always like to use, but balance, it's, mm-hmm. you know, for better or worse, uh, working hard, but not hustling and taking time for yourself and trying to find all the things that allow you to keep fueling your dreams. But, uh surviving mm-hmm. <laughs> so, thriving. I like yes. to say thriving not thriving. surviving yes are yeah, you surviving or are you thriving yeah I feel like hustle <laughs> culture is surviving yeah um finding that balance of the self-care and doing what you need is the thriving mm-hmm. so awesome well Sensi, tell us where we can find you your instagram your website anything out there that um you'd like to point people to yes mostly i'm active on instagram sensi swim s-e-n-s-i swim or sensi graves is my personal sensi graves and then my websites are sensigraveswim.com sensigraves.com and then my my third business is a kiteboarding retreat company <gasps> i didn't we didn't even get into that <laughs> that strut kiteboarding.com oh my gosh rich how long has that been going Six years. Oh my God! Wow. Yeah, so you you're know doing I did that. No, yeah. I didn't. It. I don't know how I didn't oh, know. Yeah, that. I put on women's skateboarding camps wow. and retreats. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is that um, like intermediate or is it there beginner? It is intermediate, okay. but we um, are partnering with schools for allowing beginners to come. Cool. To the, yeah, so that. We can help people that want to get yes. the right Awesome. <laughs> well, I will link all those websites in the show notes. Um, I'll have to keep my eyes open for the beginner yeah. one for sure. And and I'd love to love to do that sometime. Get get started in it. It kinda scares the shit out of me because I hate the wind. Mm. I hate the wind. Well, you might actually start to like it once. I know, you once it once yeah. there's a point for it. Yeah. Anything else, I'm like, it's holding me back. I'm like, oh, I can't go for a run, it's windy. <laughs> <laughs> not run against the wind I won't bike against the wind I hate the wind but uh so maybe it will turn my thoughts around that element um (laughs) and begin to love it well before we shut off here is there anything at all you want to leave the audience with I really just want to say to invest in yourself um that you matter and to keep going love it but thank you so much I said dreams come true love it Thank you, and um, can't wait to spend the rest of the weekend with you. Thank you so much, Karen. You are welcome. We hope you enjoyed this episode and would do us a huge favor, since we don't have any sponsors or anything like that, and would rate and review us on whatever platform it is you use, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, uh, whatever it is. And if you're listening and downloading just through the website, tearingituppodcast.com, leave comments um we'll definitely engage back with you and on social media right now we're just on instagram tearing it up podcast is the handle 
like the post, share the post, comment on the post, whatever it is you got, um, show us your love so we just stay relevant and show up in the rankings at all. So again, rate and review, please. And we'll see you next time. Thanks.